0: Hey, Lee, I know the listeners notice, and I sure have, held, have noticed. What's up with this new announcer guy? Oh, you mean Funkmaster B? Yeah, dude, and like, wh- he's moving
1: into the studio? What the hell's going on? Well, I mean, it's a long story, but why don't we let him tell us about it? Funkmaster B, lay some of that funky music on us. You are listening
2: to the Beyond Terrestrial Podcast. Your one-stop shop for the outstanding, the unconventional, and the downright strange. Strap in because the boys are about to take a wild ride. I'm Master B, setting up that team for the duo of Gum foolery. Your hosts, Dan and Lee
0: in aliens.
3: I mean in an infinitely growing universe, why would we be the only living species? Bigfoot, Nessie, all that stuff, it's got to be real. How are we to say that we're the only ones? It's just ignorant. I think aliens are not only from other planets, but they're time travelers.
0: Welcome back to the Beyond Terrestrial Podcast, your home for the strange, the macabre, the conspiratorial, and all things supernatural. I'm one half of your hosting duo, Mr. Dan Martson, coming to you just down from the crossroads where Robert Johnson made his infamous deal with the devil, and with me as always, one of Beyond Terrestrial's founding fathers, Mr. Lee Errett Lee.
1: Hi, guys. I am back again, still coming to you from the Bell Witch's backyard inside the Haunted Barn Studios. And Dan, I hear we have an interview today. Can you tell us a little more about that? Yeah, Lee. So when I came up to visit you and we kicked
0: off the third season of Beyond Terrestrial, we did a sweet roundtable with the guys from RealPolitik, which is a cool name for a show uh <laughs> we did it on the man in black here come the Men in black do, 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 do the moves Lee. i know you know the, okay that's it we can't do any more copyright law <laughs> <laughs> um, but well, lee has got all the moves down to this song um but we talked about the real men in black not the will smith tommy lee jones men in black even though that's cool We talk about the real Men in Black. We went back to the history of it, back to the 40s, um, all the way up through the 50s UFO craze. We had international stories all the way up to today. So it's a great roundtable. You guys are going to love it. It's coming up. But first, we've got a little interview we have to do with a new member of the Beyond Terrestrial family. Lee, our family's growing. We, we've got an expanding family. It's beautiful.
1: Yes. Much like the uh, DC Extended Universe, except a little bit better, um, not quite as good as Marvel, but better than DC, we have new characters <laughs> in our library. Yes. We have picked up a, a beautiful-voiced young man, or should I say, funky man, um. Mr. Funk Master B. Funk Master B. Is it, is it Mr. Funk Master B
0: or just Funk Master B? I don't know how to properly address a Funk Master.
1: So he is a Funk Master. Some of us would like to call him Sensei. Um, but he, oh, he said, okay. you know what? Just call me Funky. Funk okay, Master B, cool. tell us a little bit more about yourself.
2: Well, I was born and raised on the streets of Newark, New Jersey, Chocolate City. But through a series of unfortunate events, I ended up in Des Moines, Iowa. But you know what they say, when life gives you lemons, you make funky lemonade. I became the number one funk DJ in all of Iowa. Hell, I was the only funk DJ in Iowa back then.
0: Sounds like you had it all, man.
2: (laughs) You dig? I was doing good. I had money, foxy ladies, and all the funky grooves I could take. But through another series of unfortunate events, I ended up on the road. I ended up outside a truck stop here in Clarksville. But try as I might, no one was feeling this funk master's groove. What's a funk grandmaster to do with no groove? Damn, that's some sad shit, B. The foxy ladies left me, the money ran out, and I ended up living on the outs. But the groove keeps grooving, baby. That's when my boy Lee found me and set me up in this creepy-ass studio.
1: Well, Funkmaster, Funky, Funkmaster B, Mr. B, Master B, Sensei B, I'm not quite sure what to call you, but I'm using, like, really, like, ninja hand karate chops, because it feels right. I've been watching some Cobra Kai. We're glad to have you as part of our family, and we're glad that our listeners get to hear that soothing beautiful voice coming over their earwaves, waves fill in their earholes. very
0: nicely don't be don't be a jive turkey lee let the funk master let the funk master groove man let him do his thing
2: shit i'm just here until i find me a sweet fine foxy sugar mama one just as freaky as old funk master be as funky you dig
0: <laughs> dude i love it i you know what <laughs> i hope it works out um I hope he enjoys the studio. I know there's some spiders that live in there, but I mean otherwise uh it'll be good company around the place, Lee.
1: Yeah, you know what, he's he's great to have already. Um he has uh he's brought me a couple beers. That's been pretty good. Um I don't know where he got them, but uh they're okay. Um they're, that, well there you go. Yeah. They were already open, and I'm not 100% sure why, but uh, yeah, so there you go.
0: Funky, man. I love it. I love that funky funky music. I love the new intro. Uh, he's a great announcer. I think he's a great addition to the team. I'm sure there won't be any problems with him going forward. Uh, we have a roundtable coming up with Paul and John from Politique. It's an awesome show that dives into some conspiracies sometimes, uh, the downfall of modern culture, that all that good stuff that's going on today, the hot topics of today. And uh, I listened to the QAnon show, Lee. I love that stuff. You know I'm a sucker for QAnon.
1: Oh, yeah. I, I love QAnon, too, but you, my friend, just... You love it. I, I know you love it. It's like it's pizza. My, it's like cheese. Yeah, pizza.
0: yeah. Because it's so batshit, I just soak it up. I love <laughs> it. The crazier it gets, the better. Um, so, and these guys, these guys are going into the uh, deep, dark corners uh, to figure out what's going on in today's culture. Um, really breaking it down in politics news conspiracies just the intersection of all this crazy stuff that we're seeing today um and that's where their show is and it's a funky spot so good for them the stories that they brought are killer i loved them i had not heard uh a couple of them so that was really fun and i i don't know
1: what else to say lee you got anything else no, uh, just that it was an amazing uh, roundtable discussion. Uh, they're going to be putting it out on their show's feed as well. So check it out on Real Politique. They may have some intro stuff that we don't have. Um, they may have a take on us, and they may say we were idiots, but um, at least we had a fun conversation with the guys. So,
0: Yeah, I mean, well, they wouldn't be wrong. So <laughs> 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 let's jump into the roundtable. Welcome to the Beyond Politique Roundtable. <laughs> the topic today is the men in black. And we're going to go around and start off with introductions. Lee,
1: let's go around the horn. Start us off. Well, hi, guys. My name is Lee. I'm one half of the hosting duo from Beyond Terrestrial Podcast. And I'm here to be the uh, the peanut butter to Dan's Jelly that's um. <laughs> <laughs> all i got that's uh, all i got hey i'm glad go. to be here
3: <laughs> all I, right paul i am paul holden uh producer extraordinaire for Real Politique, holding down the fort um yeah happy to be here glad to uh glad to be here with you guys and excited to dig into the mib it's gonna be great john go
0: ahead and tell us a little bit about Real Politique.
4: oh that's an interesting question uh <laughs> Paul might be better off uh, answering that one. To be honest with you,
3: <laughs> yeah. Um, we we are a conspiracy and politics podcast, so you know, covering all the the great topics of the deterioration of society. So things like you know, CIA backed coups, um, Epstein's black book, you know, all the way to World War III. So uh, really lighthearted show, um, upbeat, you know, <laughs> <laughs> fun fun yeah. to listen to. So definitely check Good us out. Times. You know, <laughs>
4: Yeah, so I'm the. Uh, this is John, John Barber, as uh, Paul Holden likes to pronounce it. <laughs> I'm I'm one third of the trio of Rail Politique. We're missing our our third leg there, our third wheel, really. If you ask yeah. me.
3: Yeah. But uh, he's <laughs> he's in his deep underground military bunker right now, and uh, the right. cable got cut. Yes. Yeah, So <laughs> um,
4: we we do all sorts of uh, political commentary. Including uh, this week, we were doing live commentary to the Democratic National Convention, which was pretty fun. I like to think of myself as the color commentator, whereas uh, <laughs> whereas uh, Paul is more serious. He has the actual facts, but we all know that
3: we all know that that doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, that's that's a lie. Um, that is I, true. Yeah, this I age. just have to do all the work, and then uh, they just shit talk me the whole time. So. <laughs> See, I got
1: lucky. See, I'm the producer, or I was the producer, Mm. and Dan did all the work. It was great. That's a way better scenario. I need to get on that
0: hype. (laughs) Yeah. Well, guys, um, I'm Dan Martson. I'm one half of the hosting duo of Beyond Terrestrial, and... A little bit about me, um, there's really nothing special about me, except I was on Jeopardy one time and one, Woo! okay, whatever. No yeah. way, um, it's so the, cool. Yeah, yeah, that was it. That's the only thing special about me, but uh, <laughs> now I'm podcasting with Lee, and we do a show on conspiracies, weird stuff, the macabre, aliens, UFOs, interdimensional Bigfoot, that kind of shit.
3: <laughs> All the good stuff, man. Yeah, I, you know, I've, yeah. I've been listening quite a bit, so uh, it's, it's really good, so check it out if you haven't listened before.
0: Oh, thank you, thank you! I actually listened to your special on QAnon because I'm a Ooh. sucker for Q conspiracies. <laughs> Not that I believe them; I just love the story.
3: <laughs> yeah, I'm the uh, exact same way. That was a that was a fun one. That was while I had COVID, and I was just going down the rabbit hole because I couldn't leave my house. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, Lee's got some Lee's got some corona horror stories. Oh my! Gosh. He can share with us. Oh so my! We'll, gosh. But we'll swap we'll swap uh, virus war stories later. The subject <laughs> today is The Men in Black, and not Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith, or that other movie that was really bad. Who was in that one? Chris Hemsworth and uh, Tessa Thompson. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Yeah, those guys.
4: Those people. No, we're talking about – It's not about Men in Black 1, not about Men in Black 2. Three, but it's actually about Men in Black Two, the the classic, the good one. (laughs) We're gonna do a whole
2: show
0: on that. (laughs) Um, We're gonna do a whole show on government agencies and their intersection with UFO encounters. And Lee is gonna take us back to our first story, with our first story, to the nineteen forties and the start of this whole deal. Lee, kick us off.
1: All right, everybody. So picture this. It's, uh, it's June uh, 21st, 1941. Cars have fins um, and other things. Mr. <laughs>
0: and no, but not seatbelts. I got they have it.
1: Fins, no, I got belts. it right. In my head. I, I'm seeing it. <laughs> Fred Christman and Harold Dahl claim to have been working as harbor patrolmen in Washington's Puget Sound near Murray Island. More likely, they were salvaging lumber um, or timber uh, from some of the uh, uh, local sawmills. Salvaging is a a word there. I'm not sure. Like, I'm wondering if salvaging was more. um, Salvage was their choice of words. (laughs) (laughs) They claim to have witnessed six donut shaped objects in the sky, one seemingly in distress. The damaged one dropped a hot molten metal-like substance on the deck of Dahl's boat. The falling debris injured Dahl's son as well as killed his dog. Dahl presented some of this debris to a Mr. Kenneth Arnold. Kenneth Arnold had actually um, gained notoriety earlier that year for his mid-air sighting over the Cascade Mountains. He was actually the one that, well... He's credited with coining the term flying saucer. Uh, He in actuality said they were skipping like saucers on water um, and the press turned it into flying saucer because that's what they do. (laughs) And Ray Palmer, a magazine publisher um, from the area as well. Arnold and Palmer. I had to say it that way because it felt important. Arnold Palmer (laughs) got the government involved two Army specialists interviewed Chrisman and Dahl and took the alleged evidence uh, from them for further investigation. During this investigation, Dahl claimed to have men in black suits making threats for him to keep quiet, as well as damaging, or as he put it, blurring photos. well that name dropped for one of my favorite show podcasts. <laughs> blurring photos, uh evidence that he had taken at the site unfortunately these two army officials never made it home the b-52 they were on crashed um in route from tacoma to san francisco along with the evidence at this point the fbi step in the fbi are real quick at this like they 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 turn around and they get these guys to confess that they made this whole story up they fabricated the whole thing. The evidence was just scrap they found on the beach. Um, it's even speculated that um, the two army officials knew that it was just plain old aluminum. Um, and my, the the part of me like and just felt bad. Like they said that they've just felt bad for Doll, so that or, so they didn't want to insult him, so they just took it um, to like keep it a secret from him or something? I don't know. Uh, I'm going to be real, like army officials, I don't think they would care about the guy's feelings. Um, if they thought it was just regular (laughs) aluminum from first sight, they're going to be like, okay, it's just aluminum, right?
3: Let's guys, let's not embarrass him, Okay. Let's be nice. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah, Men in in black are people too. And sometimes
4: we all feel, feel.
1: (laughs) we all feel so, so they took the they took the evidence right their plane crashes um immediately the press jumps on it and says that it was um that the plane was sabotaged uh the fbi jump in and get these guys to say that they they fabricated all of this the whole story was just bunkum um and then the plane is promptly found to have had an engine fire and had not been sabotaged at all um like it was initially believed once again, there are some holes for me in this. I'm not, you know, I'm I'm not the kind of guy that jumps on conspiracy theories. I love them. I love to hear them. But to me, I don't see why the two government officials took the evidence if they believed it was just crap. Um, but I also wonder, I've seen making a murderer. I, I, I've seen it. I wonder if the FBI may have pressured them into... um dropping the whole thing uh, because there was rumor floated around and I don't have this in my notes, but I'm looking at them like I do. Um, there was rumor floated around that they were threatened that they would go to prison for falsifying evidence. And if they just confessed, they would, um, they would be spared the prison sentence for killing the, for killing those two officers. I had air quotes guys. I'm sorry. I know this is a ver- like audio medium. <laughs> my bad. Um, for killing those two officers even though they weren't involved in killing the two officers in any way um, so I don't know for me it is the well it is the OG it's the very first um, speak or talk of men in black uh, these men in black are only listed as people that came after the crash or after the sighting and destroyed evidence and threatened the the one of the witnesses to not tell his story Um and then two two army officials get involved later. It's just to me, it's just a crazy story. A dog dies. Never like it when a dog dies. <laughs> Kid gets his arm hurt. Um, there's also uh, on one of my sources, it showed that uh, that the evidence was re- that was recovered from the crash site was believed to potentially be regular like igneous rock and or pieces of a meteorite. Now, maybe most of the story is Bunkum, and his dog got hit by a meteor while the kid was petting it. Oh, okay. That's incredibly <laughs> unfortunate circumstances, but...
3: yeah, That would be equally... the most unlucky kid on the planet. Yeah, equally interesting. Yeah, so
4: the dog was, yeller. was killed supposedly by the uh, molten, quote-unquote, uh, aluminum, or whatever the molten material was.
1: So, they said it was molten slag-like or metal-like substance. Okay. Um, the army officers allegedly believed it was regular old aluminum. Um, what they claim to be the current evidence points more towards like an igneous rock.
4: Mm. So, an igneous oh. rock, though, could be like if it were a mil- a molten stone at the time, if it were molten material that would yeah. result in an igneous rock after it cooled.
1: That, that's true. And, and that would be believable. Like if, if it was a rock falling from space, I'm sure it'd get pretty hot. So
4: they tend to, be, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what I like about this one, first of all, it's tragic. There's not a whole, there's not always a lot of uh, dog stories in uh in these ufo stories but this is also such that a quintessential example of like just some run-of-the-mill uh country bumpkin kind of guys who encounter something way over their heads uh you know extraterrestrially or governmentally like these guys are just out there like salvaging or like taking apart an old dock <laughs> or whatever it is that they're doing and they just get mixed up in all this big mess
1: Yeah, I'm thinking they were stealing logs from the local sawmills. Is what I think they were doing. They were
3: stealing things when this happened.
0: (laughs) They They were they were lumber rustling out there in the water. (laughs) Uh, But I like it too. I like the style because you know it's the '40s, the suits. Like that's the sort of thing when you think of G-men coming around Mm -hmm. to cover up a sighting. This is right where I go to. Well, and yeah. I think
3: how scary those guys must have been back then, too. Like, you're a small town dude hanging out, and then government officials show up and are interrogating mm-hmm. you. Like, I'd be terrified. I'd, I, yeah. I'm scared of the FBI. I don't want to deal with them. I'm pretty yeah, sure they got exactly. me wiretapped by now, but yeah, I just don't want to deal with them. <laughs> <laughs> they yeah. all
1: do. I've got an Alexa.
3: Yep, there you go. <laughs> <I was listening. laughs>
0: yeah. Well, and then, of course, he got Ray Palmer involved. Ray Palmer was a magazine publisher, sci fi stuff. Um, once this idea gets out into the zeitgeist of flying saucer people, they, they take off with it. And I think, Paul, you've got a story about them really taking
3: off oh. with it. Oh, I got a beautiful one. Uh, it's, it's about a gentleman named Albert Bender from uh, Daria, Pennsylvania, originally, born in 1921. It sounds strangely like diarrhea. Um, that's, that's my adultness coming out in me. But he served in the U.S. Army during World War II as a dental technician because the Army needs dentists, too, you know. Um, after he was discharged, he moved to Bridgeport, Connecticut, uh, moving in with his mom, Ellen, and his stepfather. So he was living in the attic of his stepfather's house, which is... I don't think where anyone wants to be, um, and working as a timekeeper at Acme Shear Co., which was the largest manufacturer of scissors at the time. So, good for him. Making plays. I like that it's Acme. Acme. You gotta have the Acme. Like the Looney Tunes. (laughs) This is very classic. Dropping a lot of anvils (laughs) on the heads of MIB. (laughs) So, (laughs) he he started to become a bit of a strange character, so he would fill his, his little... Bedroom upstairs with clocks. So he had about thirty chiming clocks that would go off uh, every fifteen minutes, driving his parents completely insane. Uh, and he started filling the room with fake skulls, shrunken heads, and his uh, own original grim artwork, and called his room the Chamber of Horrors. And this was when he was in his late twenties. So uh, interesting play by him. And every time someone <laughs> would visit, he would Wait, play. How preview. is this? How is this guy single? Is my question. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I didn't get to his Playboy uh, part of his life, but every time someone <laughs> would come to his uh, to his room, uh, he would play creepy sounds from his recorder. So they would think he was putting on, you know, like an Elvis track, and it would be people screaming with creepy canyon sounds in the background. And that was how he wooed the ladies. Good lord!
1: Yes. <laughs> I know, I know. Every time I put my Sounds of Halloween on, my my girlfriend gets excited. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> That's that's how I got my current girlfriend, you know? She came over and it was just um, a video of people screaming on the TV. And she's like, this guy, he's cool. <laughs> hey, you
4: know, different strokes for different folks. That's all I got to say. It's so true.
0: So, but we can't say the things that we normally say
3: on our podcast. That is correct. Thanks. So I couldn't say something like... And I I definitely couldn't say beep,
0: beep, 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 and beep, beep. I am not doing
3: this bit. (laughs) (laughs) Too late. He's too deep in. Anyway, this is Alex Austin from Rona Geek Official Podcast, and in the room with me today I have... Plebeian Pirate Adam. And? And just Rob. And just Rob, and we are here to advertise Rona Geek Official Podcast. We are a geek news and comedy podcast direct out of Windsor, Ontario, Canada, so if you want some Canadian flavor on your geek comedy news, make sure to give us a listen each week for gaming, movies, and TV. We'll give you some reviews, Give you some spoilers, and we'll give you probably a lot of other stuff you didn't ask for. So, yeah. <laughs> so join us wherever you find your podcast, and we look forward to having you listen to us. Yay! Yay. So, Albert began to become obsessed with the supernatural, and especially flying saucers, during the 1940s when a lot of sightings were happening across America, and especially in the West. And in 1952, still living with his parents, started the International Flying Saucer Bureau uh, and started to invite a a bunch of different, you know, similar uh, minded people and also some really famous scientists like Albert Einstein, who sadly declined his invitation to join. Uh, I wonder why. (laughs) I I wonder. You know, you would think it's so prestigious. Um, So the, the Bureau actually got 600 members and Bender was the president. And they were all dedicated to crowdsourcing information on alien encounters. And they started their own quarterly journal called Space Review. So this was a newsletter told all about the UFO sightings and had all these cool theories. Uh, But right around when he started Space Review, some strange happenings began to occur. He kept falling ill. He would get strange phone calls where no one would be on the other line. And he also started to get telepathic messages telling him to stop what he was doing. So uh, people speaking to him in his brain.
2: Whoa.
1: I I think that's called schizophrenia. (laughs)
3: This guy was really (laughs) mentally ill, but (laughs) he he had some problems. So Albert began to say that he was being watched by an unknown group. Um, In 1952, he was out at a movie, and he said that he saw a strange man with glowing eyes watching him, and this man followed him all the way home. Uh, and then on a, a different occasion, he said that he was being telepathically hypnotized in his bedroom, and uh, these beings were levitating him off of his bed, which is a pretty weird thing to happen to you. A <laughs> little that's, exorcist-like.
0: That's what I'd say if I live with my mom. She walked into my bedroom. I'd be like, no, I was being telepathically hypnotized. <laughs> <laughs>
3: Someone was controlling me with their minds. Yeah, get out of my room, Mom. Yeah, exactly. And <laughs> Mom's like, get a girlfriend. <laughs> <laughs> that's all he needed. Uh, and his parents were also saying that a uh, an odor of sulfur was coming from his room, which I don't even know what that would come from. To be honest, oh, that's that's coming from hell. That's the that's <laughs> d- demonic activity. It's it's either schizophrenia or it's yeah it's The Exorcist Part Two. Uh, I'm not sure which one it is.
0: I mean it's a Chamber of Horrors, so I guess it, it makes sense. Brimstone, yeah.
3: yeah. So uh, he
1: he kept having all these beans strange and encounters. Did he eat? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I'm
1: just yeah,
4: that,
3: that's the real that's the real deal there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: He had a diet consisting of baked beans and um, <laughs> hard-boiled eggs. Right, I'm, I, apologi-
0: <laughs> I apologize for Lee. He cannot leave the fart joke alone. I, I,
3: I started with saying that his hometown sounded like diarrhea. So I was Yeah,
4: it's thematic.
3: <laughs> yeah, we've got to keep the beans running. So he, he kept having all these, uh, these creepy encounters and situations, um, and he decided since he was getting telepathic messages from what he thought was maybe aliens – He should mix that in with his ufology research, or ufology, as they say. So he promoted to readers in Space Review uh, that they needed to memorize and silently recite in their mind on a particular day and time a form letter that he wrote. Uh, The goal is that uh, they'll contact alien life via the simultaneous thought projections of hundreds of IFSB members. So on World Contact Day, or C Day, as they called it, Uh, which was March 15th, 1953, they all telepathically thought at the same time at 6 o'clock, calling occupants of interplanetary craft, exclamation mark, calling occupants of interplanetary craft that have been observing our planet Earth. Earth in all caps. I don't know why. We (laughs) of IFSB wish to make contact with you. We are your friends. So uh, everyone did that, and um, the uh, men in black did not like it. So one night his room filled with sulfur, um, and he was visited by three men all dressed in black. He said that they looked like clergymen, but they wore hats similar to the Omberg style, which I don't actually know what that is, but the
4: men this in dude black had
1: demons. Like that's literally this dude had demons. Yeah, yeah this is a totally
4: this is a totally different category of, of uh <laughs> supernatural activity going on.
1: He's making it to aliens. Yeah,
3: he's in the wrong industry. <laughs> he, he'd make a killing in demonology. We need to get him in contact with Ed and Lauren. For sure. There.
0: I think. A, I think is a homburg kind of like a fedora, maybe with a wider brim.
3: I don't know. It's a hat. Straight g man That would be. That's what I'm imagining yeah. in my head, at least. Yeah, that's. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, that's <laughs> what I want to hear.
4: So <laughs> it's like an it's like an unpointed fedora. I just googled it. Oh, hmm. there you go.
3: Hey, we're learning new things, you know, it's great. <laughs> so, so, uh, men in black who, according to them, always appear in threes. Uh, they showed up and they communicated telepathically saying that he had to stop publishing, uh, before they left, they confiscated copies of space review. This particular edition was supposed to have some sort of groundbreaking, uh, evidence of aliens and, and they just stole everything. Uh, after they left, he was scared for days and wasn't able to eat. Um, And he said that they they continued visiting and just scaring the crap out of him for uh, the the rest of his life, essentially. So, having a bad time. Um, Later encounters, he said that they would appear and they'd be floating above the floor and that they told him their human appearance was an illusion and that uh, if anyone was told about this visitation, they wouldn't believe him. And then later on, they said that, no, it's not an illusion Uh, or Forms are stolen from people we capture from Earth, and then we use those bodies to disguise ourselves. Whoa! So I don't know, very, it's very invasion
0: of the body snatchers. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I was going
1: cockroach from Men in Black. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the yeah. <laughs> the Edgar. Yeah. Scene. <laughs> wow.
3: They, that one, that's dude. probably where they got that from, man. That's Based awesome. on a
4: true story. This genius human.
3: <laughs> 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 oh, so uh, after all these events telepathic messages he was getting really severe headaches uh was being stalked, and uh his room just wouldn't stop smelling like sulfur he had to shut down the international flying saucer saucer bureau uh out of fear so yeah i know it's it was sad so a year and a half after starting he had to take it down um and he left the last edition with this cryptic message the mystery of the flying saucer is no longer a mystery the source is already known, but any information about this is being withheld by orders from a higher source. We would like to print the full story in space review, but because of the nature of the information, we have been advised to the negative. We advise those engaged in saucer work to be very cautious. Saucer and, uh, work. <laughs> saucer work. You gotta be careful saucer
2: work. <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> it's
3: like wet work, but uh, flying saucer. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so uh albert bender shut down his ufo research he left bridgeport and went to california uh and three years later published an autobiography which is where the story comes from and he continued to have strange phone calls the rest of his life with no one on the other end until he tragically died at the age of 94 well actually not that tragic he lived a really long life yeah 94 <laughs> i don't care how you go it's not really tragic at that point uh, he was riding, I guess, uh, in 2016.
1: So this was pretty recent. Wow. passed away. Wow, wow. So what I like—sorry—I'm uh, just going to step in and take my turn now. Go for um, it. What I like about this story is like I'm. So it's such a it's such an entertaining read. Like he's got he's got sulfur, which is usually associated with demons, but there is some connection in some uh, that some of our. Uh, some researchers have started saying that demons, aliens, uh, fey folk, all this stuff are related in some way. Um, I don't know. Uh, it, it's, it's one of those ones where I'm just like, oh, OK. But uh, maybe he just had demons. Maybe he just had <laughs> schizophrenia. Uh, maybe he had a little bit of both. Um, maybe like... Maybe his mom should stop boiling eggs for him. Like that would cause, <laughs> like <laughs> Mom, I need more boiled eggs. No, you need to see a doctor. Like,
3: <laughs> Please get out of our house. You're 30
1: years old. <laughs> Please
4: move out. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. I think that's a that's a what makes this interesting is that it kind of bridges the gap between uh supernatural of the the the, the Uh, demonic or uh, spiritual supernatural things and the uh, alien extraterrestrial type of things like um, like you were saying a lot of researchers see those all those uh, like aliens and demons and fae as being uh, linked and like in their place in our psyches is a very similar place like in the, in the era of science, we we kind of have uh, the same impression of aliens that we would of demons if we lived 500 years in the past or something like that. And so he's kind of got it all blended together right there, which is cool.
3: Man, he was before his time, honestly, because I feel like in the Internet age, like we were talking about the QAnon Q- episode they've been able to just combine every conspiracy ever made into one master yeah, theory genius. and i think that's that's what he was getting to he just he just didn't quite nail it but, uh, yeah, well, this has become
0: in. really popular in like modern ufology circles. Is to like link, try and link up all this paranormal stuff. So mm-hmm. like, uh, UFOs are interdimensional, or they're time travelers, or there's, you know, it's all kinds of different explanations for it now, mm-hmm. so, right? What's and it's, crazy? It's
4: linked to archaic, archaic descriptions of of supernatural phenomenon.
0: Mm-hmm. I, imagine, I that's this is great. This is what you hit on, Paul. Imagine the saucer panic of the forties and fifties in today's age of social media.
3: <laughs> like, oh dude, people yeah. videos would
2: lose
0: it.
4: People yeah, would
3: videos would it. be crazy. Oh, it would be so, so good. Yeah. It'd be all over is... TikTok now. The kids would go crazy <laughs> for it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it.
0: It would be perfect for a guy that still lives with his mom.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it would indeed.
0: <laughs>
4: Hey, I wonder I actually wonder how many people were actually were reading that that uh, message at the same time well, when, I he, mean, was, when yeah, he was trying to send about, that message yeah,
0: about 600 or so. And you know what? That's crazy, too, because that leads to a lot of things that people are still doing today with remote viewing and try like CE5, that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, There you go. It's all yeah. it's all
3: nothing's
4: new. It all yeah. goes back. Yeah, like he's uh, he's very interdisciplinary
3: for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, well, and I, people I, still I, read that off in their heads to this day. i hoping <laughs> that they'll be able to contact someone on March 15th. So he started a holiday for apologists. What, <laughs> what,
0: what a genius script he came up with, too. Like, that is just going to stand the test of time. That's like the Gettysburg address of <laughs> trying you know, to call aliens to the earth. Yeah. You know
1: what I love, though? You know what I love? <laughs> earth! Yeah, all caps.
3: Just in all caps for no reason. I, I I can't figure it out. Why would you do that?
0: Just in case the space aliens who came here from another planet didn't know where they were. Earth in all caps.
4: Yeah. There's, hey, there's a lot of planets out there, so
3: you you better be careful not yeah. to
0: misspell yeah. it.
3: Well, I also thought it was he used interplanetary craft, but like we have interplanetary craft, so like I intergalactic craft might make more sense i just thought it was a a weird uh weird thing
4: there i thought the same thing like the aliens would would detect that psychic wave emanating from the planet and be like oh how quaint they said interplanetary adorable (laughs) adorable you know
0: back then mars was still like an option people were like oh yeah they could be from mars right
3: that's (laughs) true yeah so, I, I yeah. have a really great book that was written by a, a NASA scientist in like 1960 about how we're going to get to Mars by 1999. Oh. And it uh, never happened, but it's a great book. <laughs> well, I mean, robots.
0: Robots made it.
3: Yeah. That's People, true. Not so much. He, he so- was drawing out the capsule for humans. Uh, yeah. He was yeah. very yeah. ambitious. Oh. <laughs> that would have been
0: nice. So mm-hmm. I
1: do have one thing to say about the spiritual side of this thought process. I, I have to admit, to me what is an angel if not an extraterrestrial being?
3: Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a great point. Um, Whether or not it's, it's, you know, interdimensional, I think is, is definitely interesting too. I mean, Mm -hmm. there likely are multiple dimensions. So maybe that's exactly what it is.
1: Mm -hmm. My, my whole, like when I hit that point, I was like, wait a minute. So, Aliens could be angels. I'm not saying. I'm. I'm not saying that I'm an ancient alien theorist. I'm just <laughs> saying it makes as much sense as. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> oh, and you know, the interdimensional side reminds me of the TV show Fringe.
1: Oh J. yeah. J. Oh yeah.
0: The, the, they had the Men in Black in there. They were bald. Mm-hmm. They were interdimensional. It was crazy. It was great. I love that show. Well, when you go back desc- and watch it, everybody. when
1: you were describing the three Men in Black hovering over the ground, I kept going back to a, uh, to a um. Oh, why can't I remember the name of it? Mulder and Scully. Oh, yeah. X-files, an X-Files yeah. episode.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, well, yeah, and they always come in threes. That's very spiritual. Mm-hmm. They hover above his bed. Very Mocking spiritual. Mocking the Holy
1: Trinity, Trinity mm-hmm. and all that yeah. stuff. Yep. Yep. Oh, no, yeah. No, no.
3: Man, I, I think you'll, uh, you'll convince me he was just possessed by demons. I think that's all this one.
1: I'm thinking it's demons. I
3: think it's <laughs> demons. <laughs> it He'd was a him.
0: demonic possession and just because he was kind of into UFOs, that's how the demon lied to him. Ooh. Right. Oh, there you go. Yeah. That's it. Or, yep.
4: or maybe maybe the demon was actually a demon from another planet and he was just like making a little <laughs> trip over. Yeah. More...
0: <laughs> wow, we we have actually dug a bigger rabbit hole for Albert Bender.
3: <laughs> just keep going down. <laughs>
0: Oh, my gosh. Oh, Th- like, this is going to be added to the story. Next time, someone will be like, oh, yeah, well, guess what? These guys said this was a thing, so it must have happened. Yep. Wow. Dan's
1: going to come over tomorrow, and I'm going to have skulls in my bedroom. <laughs> shrunken and heads. And-
4: shrunken heads. I like how he had fake skulls, but real shrunken heads as well. <laughs> like, there, He had a
3: line that he wouldn't cross, but, but you know. Was, Real I skulls mean, was, was it. He had a shrunken <laughs> head plug, dude. He just didn't have a skull guy. You know, you can't have a guy for <laughs> everything. <laughs> it's good.
0: Wow. wow, dude. Wow. Oh man. Okay. This is wow. All right, John.
4: <laughs> we've got we've got deep on Bender. Yeah. Um, so what,
0: what do you
2: got?
4: So uh the one that I researched was um pretty interesting and it weaves into kind of what we've been talking about as far as the aesthetics of the men in black and and how how uh uh this sort of 1940s 1950s americana uh government agent is who we always think of and so i was trying to take a little twist on that and i looked for some international um men in black stories and so in that process, I, I came up with, um, found out a, a little bit about what's called uh, Operation Prato or Operation Plate in Brazil, which can also be loosely translated to Operation Saucer. And uh, so, so this is the story of, of what happened in, um, in Brazil in the mid-1970s. This was during the uh, the military dictatorship of of Brazil. I think it's called the um, the Brazil Fifth Republic, something like that. And um, yeah, this was in, this was post CIA coup, right?
3: I guess I actually don't know much about.
1: I think about their coup was in
3: sixty four. Yeah, sorry, please continue. I'm just I'm working on an episode for for that topic, but yeah, go on. <laughs> yeah, it
4: we it weaves in well into like our geopolitical talks on, on yeah. the uh, Realpolitik uh, podcast. But it uh, so what happened was there is a a series of incidents that occurred from uh, the late summer of 1977 into the beginning of 1978, and what it was was a uh, people, hundreds and hundreds of people on this island on in coastal Brazil. The island is called uh, uh, Colares, and uh, it's kind of in northern coastal Brazil on the Atlantic Ocean. And um, hundreds of people on this island were seeing uh, had were having UFO sightings, basically. And, and most people described it in a very similar way. It was a metallic metallic object. It was uh, cylindrical in shape rather than actually being uh, a saucer, as even though that's how it's described in the name. Uh, and they would shoot or they would uh, uh, emit pulses of light, like beams of light, uh, very, very uh, particularly directed towards people and what's kind of interesting about this before we even get into the men in black aspect of it is that this is a ufo sighting that not only did people see it but it was a a series of sightings where they were actually interacting with people and interacting with witnesses and there'd be multiple people from from many different places seeing the same thing and so what what was happening is in the evenings and in the early hours of the morning, uh, these objects would, would appear, they would shoot, uh, like emit an immediate kind of laser beam that was, uh, around 10 centimeters in diameter. And they would always be aimed directly at the torso of a human being, uh, usually somebody who's witnessing it. And so it was leaving behind these, uh, uh, evidence of like radiation burns, or something something that was roughly equivalent to a radiation burn, or, or like getting hit by a laser, and so, uh, whoa, when the yeah, it's wild. And so <laughs> that's people terrifying. Re- people reported. I mean, it wouldn't it wouldn't kill anybody, or it didn't kill anybody immediately, but uh, people reported that the beams felt hot, like a cigarette burn or something like that. People would suffer lesions. Um, and and uh, necrosis of the flesh within a few days of of getting hit by these hair. Oh my would, God,
0: that's nasty.
4: Yeah, hair would never, hair would not grow back on those locations. So very very much like a laser, a laser or a uh, or a uh, some sort of radiation, focused radiation. And so
1: you sure Dr. Robotnik wasn't, like, testing his new uh, microwave gun? Very, very
4: possible. Very possible. We could really use Sonic in, in situations like these. Uh, but, but what happened is that, so, this was being experienced by hundreds of people, or at least hundreds of people were reporting it, and and what happened is that the military government sent in the Brazilian Air Force into the area to kind of take a... take. Martial law in the in the town and on the island, and take control of the situation and uh, uh, lower the temperature, lower lower the uh, the hysteria that's going on around it. And so, some of the people that were sent were actually doctors to evaluate the patients or, or the the I guess victims or the the people who were targeted by these lights and. Really interestingly is that the doctors identified that the people were they would either be uh, super lethargic or they'd be giddy or or they kind of be immobile. And what they did after doing some blood testing, they realized that the people had lost a significant amount of blood with these uh, with these lights. And so uh, the nickname the nickname for the Crafts that were that were emitting these light beams and and hurting these people was Chupa Chupa, which translates directly to Sucker Sucker. And so (laughs) basically these things were like giant vampire blood sucking UFOs and hundreds of people witnessed them. Uh, dozens and dozens of people, uh, a- around a hundred people, were actually treated for injuries, uh, lesions, etc. Uh, o- only two people died uh, subsequent to their wound to the to the incidents or whatever. And the doctor who's reporting all this, her name was uh, Walide That I'm probably mispronouncing that horribly. I don't speak much Portuguese,
0: but oh, dude, it's tough.
4: She was a young a really young doctor at the time was sent by the uh the Brazilian Air Force and uh, she was seeing all these people and like she was the one that discovered that most of them had lost a significant amount of blood in the in the immediate days after the uh the incident and she was compelled by her superiors within the Brazilian air Force uh to basically lie about the injuries, uh, evaluated in different ways, Uh, you know, say it was the, the cause was something different, uh, or that people's sightings were actually hallucinations. And so, uh, you know, she's got all these different, uh, experiences and all these witnesses coming in and telling her what happened. she herself had a sighting and an experience with one of these cylindrical objects. And, uh, when she wanted to come out with it and and report it to her, her superiors or to anybody else, she was heavily pressured by the military dictatorship not to reveal anything. Now, the second person I want to talk about in this uh, in this is a guy named uh, Captain Uranga uh, Holland, who was a captain in the Brazilian Air Force, who at the time was one of the guys. Effectively, one of the men in black who was enforcing the, uh, you know, the the government line on what was going on in this spot, you know, trying to calm the the local hysteria, you know, go pressuring people to go with more uh, or less extraterrestrial explanations of what's going on. And uh, anyway, he, he did all that. And then twenty years later, nineteen ninety-seven, he comes out and does a uh, interview with a couple of uh, UFOlogists or ufologists. <laughs> By the way, how is that pronounced? I always Ufology. say ufologist. Yeah, I say yeah.
0: ufologist. Okay, That's the most I way ufologists. to say
1: it.
4: Yeah, ufologist. I, I like that one. Okay, so so Captain Holland was uh, he did an interview that was you know I, I guess with some reputable um, ufologists explaining what he and his men were were doing and, and what they were trying to suppress at that time. And uh, after that interview he kinda he kinda did a tell all and then three months after that interview he was found dead in his apartment. Apparently hung himself with his own the, the belt from his bathrobe. Oh, he allegedly got hung himself. He got he yeah, allegedly hung himself. He got <laughs> Epstein after going after going public with what he and his, you know, they they weren't exactly men in black, but they were I guess probably deputized by men in black. And so, I just thought the whole situation was really interesting. The fact that it happened in the context of the Brazilian military dictatorship was interesting. And um you know, it's it's something that is still pretty unexplained and also not that well-known in the uh, Anglophone parts of the world because it's a bit hard to find information on it because most of it's in Portuguese. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow. Dude, that's something else. What, what gets me, um, you know, Brazilians, they probably have some style. So, I mean, maybe they were men in military uniforms. Probably not black, but... You know, maybe they were also men in g-strings because the Brazilians invented that stuff.
3: It's true, so, right? Props
4: to them. <laughs> so, who knows? Yeah, we everybody don't... was the whole time. Everybody was just on the beach. Every time one of these sightings happened, <laughs> right. all, oh, no, was it the sun to... that got them? <laughs>
1: <it> <laughs> That's one? what I was going to say. Is
4: all these all these burns <laughs> and lesions <laughs> were actually just sunburn? <laughs>
5: Oh, hey there, Count Panic. I got a question for you. What's that, Bob? What do you know about Mothman, the Loch Ness Monster, ghosts, demons, and things that go bump in the night? Not much, Bob. Well, lucky for you, we host a podcast called Bob After Dark, where we talk about legends, lore, and the supernatural. Wow, where can I find this podcast? Wherever
0: you find your great podcasts at. Well, Lee has pulled up some interesting information. Lee, tell us about some of the side effects of radiation sickness that you were looking at. So...
1: Um, this is specifically talking about like cancer radiation, but radiation sickness usually goes away a few weeks after radiation therapy is finished. Low blood cell counts cause uh, happen because the radiation affect the blood cells inside the bone marrow. Bum, so, bum, bum. Oh no,
4: kidding!
0: Anemia and radiation—they go together like well, two so,
4: things. <laughs> so whether whether or not it was actually these things were actually sucking the blood from people it, it you know it, even if it was just radiation that still kind of explains why they had low blood cell counts Possibil- possibly possibly yeah. mm-hmm. very um, interesting
0: and you, i don't know i don't know paul what do you think about this chupa chupa incident you know sucker, what?
3: Sucker. i uh I, I didn't buy it. I thought it was a little far fetched until the guy got suicided, and then I, I believe it now, all this shit. <laughs> That's how you know a story's real when someone gets suicided. Um, that's. <laughs> I'm I'm trying to think. Like, why would you just blast like creatures with radiation, though? What What would be the intention of that? Were they like X-raying them or something?
4: Yeah, I mean that could that could be it. It's hard. Mm. It's hard to know the intentions of of yeah. uh, extraterrestrials. As right. well as, in in the same way that it's hard to know the in, the intentions of like divine or extra planar beings, it, it'd be know? like
3: an ant trying to understand us, dude. Like, <laughs> why are they driving in cars? Right. Yeah, why, we'll why are
1: we holding a magnifying glass over an anthill? Well, exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, like,
3: <laughs> yeah, um, some that's actually some child alien just fucking with us, right? Yeah, Impossible. no, that. That one's definitely the most terrifying, though, I think. Um, I think just because of the scope of people and the fact that it was under a military dictatorship where I'm sure you aren't really allowed to say crazy things. It probably didn't end up well for, for some folks. So,
0: right. Yeah. A lot of parts of the story, not that surprising, like uh, shocker, a military junta trying to control information,
4: right?
1: Um, <laughs> right. Go. Baby, like, yeah,
4: this whole, this whole, uh, alien thing might upset the apple cart a bit, <laughs> um, but just like the
0: idea of a mass hysteria, close, close encounter of the second kind incident that has, real real physical evidence and evidently a doctor who says it's real i mean that's and some suiciding and you know all kinds of military records and it's brazil presum- maybe the aliens were just like hey you know the people down here are more attractive so let's go mess with them. <laughs> <laughs> it's, attractive. it's true yeah i wonder
1: i
4: wonder if the aliens get like Special dispatches, or if they can, uh, if they can request, like, yeah, I, I think I'm going to do my my tour in Brazil this time, or, you know, I'm thinking, I'm thinking like Caribbean, Mediterranean, maybe.
3: It's, it's like the yeah, it's like the the military. You you can't decide where you go, but you can stack rank your favorite bases, and then they'll take an <laughs> <your> advisement. <laughs> I'm I'm really into either Florida or Brazil. If you just like put me there, great. The yeah,
0: that's why that's why some aliens always show up as like attractive Scandinavians. Oh Ooh. yeah, seen that. <laughs> yeah. Next next thing it's gonna be Brazilians. Just wait. Now that we put this out there, the next alien encounter. Uh, well, they looked like a really hot Brazilian model and they wanted to have <laughs> sex with me. So
5: whatever.
1: I knew something was up right then. <laughs> <laughs> what are you gonna do when in Rome? <laughs>
0: so that's awesome that's a that's a good one especially when you said international I in my research um, came across a story about like Russian babushkas in black who <laughs> were supposed to be telling people not to uh, spread alien stories as the cover up I was really hoping that was it but oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I really wish I'd done that story now, um, but that's not the one I did. But Chupa Chupa no, was, was good. Just... I'd never heard of Chupa Chupa, so that is going to be out there now, and I hope uh, some folks look into that. That'll be a good one. My, my story, um, probably the most recent, and it involves a rock star, the military-industrial complex, and our good buddies over at the History Channel. So, <laughs> yes. Um, I mean, you can't make this stuff up, but despite the absurdity of the story, a lot of people have piled on conspiracy theories to UFology's flashiest new research organization to the Stars Academy of Arts and Sciences.
1: Dan, I, I, I have one thing to interject. Go for I'm, it. I'm not saying it was aliens but it was alien. <laughs> 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 Wait,
0: Let me get my hair spiked up just right so I can continue.
1: <laughs> um,
4: the you guys th- can't tell because I'm not on the Skype video, but I already did that before I called
3: in. Saying <laughs> <laughs> <That's- laughs> <Standing> straight up. <laughs> we
2: got it. We got it. I can always psychically
3: sense where John's hair is. so. <laughs> yeah. I,
1: I <laughs> you guys are good buddies then.
0: <laughs> so... So, yeah, so the origin stories of To the Stars Academy, or TTSA, has led some people to believe that the men in black may have been involved. Uh, the story goes that TTSA frontman and former Blink-182 frontman Tom DeLong <laughs> pitched the idea of a documentary to some government officials, according to DeLong. The doc would be related to his fictional book, Secret Machines, and would help show the advanced scientific work that goes into making classified weapons systems.
1: Help show the advanced scientific work that goes into men <laughs>
0: wow dude we're we're gonna cut an album now that's a demo Uh, (laughs) was for them yeah so uh tom pitched this idea as a way to paint the military industrial complex in a new light to modern audiences like cynical millennials and apathetic gen z types you know kids these days So, despite Tom being known for some raving on UFO and paranormal topics, evidently the military brass could not resist an opportunity to look good on camera and to have their picture taken with a rock star. Uh, Tom was invited to a company event at none other than the infamous Lockheed Martin Skunk Works.
3: Oh, yeah.
0: Yes. Um, For those who don't know, Lockheed Martin's Skunk Works is an advanced aerospace research facility, and they are the guys who came up with some great ideas, like the SR-71 Blackbird, which we all know and love, um, especially as X-Men fans, the (laughs) F-117 Nighthawk Stealth Fighter, and uh, the U.S. Air Force's current new best toys, the F-22 Raptor and the F-35.
3: Oh, yeah. Yeah, is is the F thirty five the one that can't fly in the rain, or is that a different one? Uh,
0: you know what? I thought I had heard something about the F thirty five not flying in the rain. Um,
3: yeah, one I know that legitimately like can't fly in the rain, like it breaks. So <laughs> the, we uh, keep more.
0: The F twenty two had problems. I remember with like the oxygen systems. Like yeah. guys would pass out. Like it was a great plane, but you know the pilot might die. So, pilot, yeah. <laughs> it's, so. it's hard to fly if, if the pilot's dead. Right, if you can't breathe, a little tough. Yeah. Um. But anyway, Tom hobnobbed around the Skunk Works with uh, employees and engineers, government officials and military officers. Tom told them about his idea for the documentary. And uh, evidently it got to some of the big shots at Lockheed. According to him, to Tom DeLong, they were intrigued by his proposition and held a meeting with him a few weeks after the party. Behind multiple layers of advanced security at an office, uh, quote, out in the middle of the desert somewhere, end quote.
3: <laughs> I, uh,
1: I would like to speak now. Go for it. <laughs> So, have you guys ever seen the Joe Rogan um, episode or heard the Joe Rogan episode where Tom DeLonge was on it? Yes, I, I didn't okay. watch it. No. So, um, are you guys a G-rated podcast?
4: No, no we're okay. PG at least.
1: Oh, we're gonna ruin that for a minute. Sorry, guys. <laughs> You're lying, I like John. to think I like to think that that com- or that particular thing went something like, "Oh fuck yeah! Oh fuck yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. Oh fuck yeah!" <laughs> oh fuck yeah (laughs) that was literally all he said during that joe rogan interview i'm just gonna point that out yeah
0: yes this is this is part of his infamous ravings on the topics of ufos and conspiracies this joe rogan interview so go back like like joe needs the viewership don't pitch joe come on we need it He's got a million dollars. On I'm Spotify. hoping if we
1: if we mention Joe Rogan, we'll gain some of the.
0: Oh yeah, we'll get that search engine optimization just so yeah people,
4: yeah we're win. we're about to poach some of his followers
0: here yeah hashtag <laughs> right, Joe yeah. Rogan. <laughs> so so yeah, he had to go like he described some of these layers of security, um, you know, safe type doors with combinations and biometrics and. In the hallways, there were speakers pumping in white noise, so you couldn't hear the conversations um, that other people were having. So it's all very, very cloak and dagger, right? Um, But at this meeting, evidently the hotshots at Lockheed were not so high on Tom's idea for a documentary, they did not want to be associated with uh, you know the things that he said on Joe Rogan so that, that was it they nixed it they don't want to be part of uh, UFO talk um, so a few things from the story can be confirmed Tom definitely did go to Skunk Works he definitely was pitching a documentary and he definitely was corresponding with top people at Lockheed and in the Air Force but then uh, we get into the parts of the story that Uh, Who knows? (laughs) Uh, According to Tom, uh, the party at Skunk Works started opening doors in the halls of power that led him to meetings with the CIA, NASA, other members of the military intelligence community. These connections started a flow of information that he called a dribble, which... A dribble is what you do with a basketball. I would never describe a <laughs> flow of information. Whatever. Tom. Tom's words, not mine.
1: I think uh, he meant trickle.
0: Right. Trickle. Whatever.
1: Um, words are hard, okay? Right.
0: <laughs> um, oh, this dribble of information and these connections really became the basis for To The Stars Academy. Everything from their claims of advanced propulsion systems to crash debris— all trickled in from multiple sources in government and the aerospace research community Um, and a lot of the guys you see in TTSA now probably connections he made during this time so you know the Lou Elizondos all those guys out there pretty cool so TTSA has been in the headlines recently for their part in popularizing the leaked Tic Tac videos now guys this stuff is out there a million times Um, especially the story about the 2004 Nimitz encounter and this is where we get in to the men in black Uh, the Nimitz carrier strike group was operating off the coast of California and allegedly they had some radar contacts people went out and looked at them they thought it was a UFO in the video blah 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 there you go there's a lot more to it but that's the very short version um According to some of the sailors in this carrier strike group, some unidentified officials helicoptered onto the boat. The USS Princeton, I believe, had the radar contact, the initial radar contact. And they took all the information from the Princeton, from the Nimitz, from the EC2 Hawkeye advanced warning aircraft that they have, those electronic jamming aircraft. They have all kinds of cool stuff. They they have the best toys out there in the Navy.
3: Um, <laughs> I want one.
0: Yeah, I, <laughs> evident, there was a submarine operating underneath them. They took information <laughs> from the. They got it all right, and right. they took it back to the halls of power, wherever, whatever secretive organization they had. This was all collected. It was all sent off by shadowy figures. Um, I don't think I don't think they ever say in a black suit, which is actually the one missing element from the story. But the question becomes, if these shadowy figures collect all the evidence of a UFO sighting, how come all these years later we're finding out about it from a rock star? Where's the connection between the men in black and blink 182?
3: I mean, have you heard the song "Aliens Exist" from Blink One Eighty Two? Because that's a great one. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I just love the idea too that like Tom DeLonge has one meeting with a corporation, and then suddenly the CIA is like, "Oh, you met with them? Oh, come hang out with us, and we'll tell you all of our super shit." <laughs> right, like that's right. how that works.
1: I feel like I feel like one of two things happened. Like either they were like, you know what, this guy's crazy enough to where if we just put this out there, we can we can like preemptively just allow it to get out and not like not have anybody take it seriously or all of its bullshit.
4: (laughs) (laughs) I I actually think, I think the former might be more likely. Like I think he is a most likely a controlled asset, uh, a useful idiot, so to speak. Um, And, and actually I, the whole time you were describing him going through all of the security walls, you know, there's like scenes in movies where you have to go through several gates of security where it scans your eye and you have to enter in a passcode. And like there's lasers stuff. and shit. <laughs> yeah. And so, so I, I imagine that somewhere at uh, skunk works or where wherever he was, they probably just have like a hallway built out with that shit where they just walk the idiots through.
3: It's <laughs> <laughs> and, and, like and a back <laughs> corner. Where there's like no reason. Yeah, to <laughs> there's and, like, and, a bunch and of there's scanners.
4: like the nor- there's the normal entrance that all everybody else uses, and then whenever they want to <laughs> give somebody the impression that they're getting getting top secret information. Just walk him right through that thing. <laughs>
0: it's, like, it's like the tour group hallway where they take everyone down. <laughs> right. A normal employee <laughs> walks down there. He doesn't have to do anything. Someone comes out and he's like, "No, Joe, it's me. It's me." <laughs> but <laughs>
4: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I
1: wore oh, you. And he presses a button and everything just opens up. Right. <laughs> oh
0: my gosh! No. Well, you know, I mean, Tom DeLonge, he's a rock star. You know, he's cool. He's mm-hmm. got to be a lot more believable. Than a guy who lives in his stepfather's attic. <laughs> true. You know he's got that,
3: authority. That much is true. <laughs> I don't know, man. I think I think money makes you insane. I I think the uh, the attic guy may have the most clarity of mind. <laughs> <Don't>, <laughs> maybe, <long laughs> seems
1: to be a hope Maybe that's one. true. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still convinced he just had demons, like literal, like <laughs> demons, dude. Was... <laughs> well, and
0: you know it's like i had you know i had a one-on-one conversation with the head of lockheed in this super secure facility and then a, a little bit later the cia knew everything about it and they called me in for a meeting on it
3: like, yeah and then but is that how the intelligence community works you meet with one person and it's like oh well he must be cool let's tell him everything
0: yeah oh yeah <laughs> you like, okay, well, you, you, you talk to the guys at Skunk Works, okay, you can talk to us. Oh, you talk to the guys at the CIA, oh, you can talk to the guys at NASA. You talk to the guys at NASA, you can talk to the guys at the Air Force. You talk to the guys at the Air Force, you talk to the guys at the Defense Intelligence Agency. Then it goes on, now you've got everything. Now you've got the keys to the castle, this trickle of information, dribble, yeah. this dribble. The dribble. <laughs> yet,
1: yet Bill Clinton couldn't figure out anything about uh, Area 51. I'm just going to throw that one out there. <laughs>
0: Dude, it's it's insane, man. Um, and you know what? It would make a great TV show though. <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs>
4: you know, you know the uh w- one interesting thing about the this whole Tom DeLonge episode and it's really like a saga. It's it's ongoing, but uh something that came to light with the uh WikiLeaks release of John Podesta's emails in 2016. This was John Podesta, who was the uh, uh, I guess campaign, campaign manager. Yeah, yeah, campaign head for, Hillary, for Clinton. Hillary Clinton. And there was a whole there, there was a whole issue. Basically, he got phished. Uh, somebody sent him a link, and he clicked on it in his email, and, and they, they got access to all of his email records.
3: Real weak security. And, yeah. yeah, super weak security. But <laughs> what's
4: interesting is that Tom DeLong, his correspondence with Tom DeLong was in there. And, uh, you know, you could see, you know how in an email, you can see all the past correspondence and everything. And, uh, <laughs> they, Tom DeLong the whole time is like hitting him up, trying to talk about aliens and, and like alien technology and, and working with the campaign in order to bring the truth to the population. And then, the whole time, uh, uh, John Podesta is also talking back at him, and he's just trying to get him to like sign on to the Hillary Clinton campaign in order to like to to get more popularity or maybe be an opener at, at one of the rallies or something like that. <laughs> and so, and so you can tell it's it's really sad, honestly. But they're completely talking past each other,
3: and and the whole thing came out in WikiLeaks. It was pretty funny. <laughs> i i hadn't seen that i'm just imagining in my head where he's like we gotta find the truth we gotta tell the people and it dropped us like yeah man that's great but like we're having this rally so if you can play like a song to kick it off that'd be great yeah you
1: you completely
3: you completely captured
4: the dynamic right there
1: (laughs) it's what i imagined so uh, i'm gonna be honest with everybody i made the mistake of giving joe biden my email um (laughs) It was based off a of mutual hatred for a particular other person. Anyway, <laughs> now, it's like every five minutes, it's like, hey, hey, did you know that if you donated $5, that would really help me in, um, you know, taking down this, this evil? And then, like, Camilla yes. Harris. Hey, hey, could you donate, like, $5 and really help us, like, do this? Th- <laughs> <laughs> I, uh- hey! These people are (laughs) eating
0: right now. Imagine if they knew you had millions of dollars,
1: thousands
3: of Instagram followers, right?
1: Exactly, uh huh.
3: Uh, Yeah, they should have just I uh, I gave him my phone number, and it's just like, Hey, it's John Kerry. And I'm like, Why is John Kerry messaging me on this? Exactly, I didn't know he was still around.
0: Aren't you a senator? Don't you have something to do? (laughs) They don't have anything to do but
1: help their friends get into office.
4: Dude, it's, I it's I, uh, I donated to the Bernie Sanders campaign once like 40 I guess it was the 2016 <laughs> uh, round and I still to this day I think they gave the email to every like every single possible organization they could have oh. because I still get updates and oh. emails asking for money guys to this I know, day I
0: know what you got to do. Anytime you get one of those, reply back. Tell us the truth about the aliens.
3: Oh. <laughs> if we all did that, we'd know. That's yeah. it.
4: That's it. Well, we have to do it all at the same time. Though, That's it. Yeah. All right. So at 6 August o'clock in the evening seconds. on a day in
0: May. No, it's in May. It's in May. Oh, sorry. 6 o'clock in the evening. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not really going to work for the election
3: cycle. May whatever uh, we'll figure. We're, it we're out. gonna we're gonna make a new day, a new contact day, and it's gonna be like October fifteenth,
1: <laughs> and, and yes. we all have to
3: text Joe Biden
1: for and, uh, no, yes every every single person, every person just emails back those political emails, like just responds yeah. to them all the same.
0: <laughs> we should call it dis- <laughs> we should call it disclosure day. Is D day taken? Can we
1: use that one? <laughs> no, I, I think,
0: think we're so. good. I think we're good. Yeah, I haven't heard of a D-Day, so yeah, I think that's good. All right, All right we're set. That's it. <laughs> October 15th sounds good. That's the day.
3: Well, it's easy to remember. I love it.
0: Yeah, contact your uh, your senator, your congressman, your state senator, the county coroner, everyone. <laughs> Your That's a job in government <laughs> the the local sheriff um, call yeah. them all up and tell them you want to find out about the aliens.
4: yeah like, like, one of I pals. know you know I
0: know you know <laughs> release the documents
3: <laughs>
1: some small town sheriffs like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Fine, you got me. <laughs> the, sh- the
3: sheriff jumps in <laughs> on He's like, yeah, man, let's call the governor. I totally agree.
5: <laughs> Hello, this is Michael from Pennyhaven. What is Pennyhaven, you ask? Well, Pennyhaven is my YouTube channel. On this channel, I share with the viewer some awesome coins from my collection and the new ones I pick up every week. I also have a bunch of informative videos that show you what to look for in your own pocket so you can realize the worth above face value in circulated money. I'll teach you how you can get silver coins for free or at face value. I'll even tell you how you can get a free piece of gold in the mail. Absolutely free and beautiful. So come on over, subscribe, watch my playlist of informational videos or anything that catches your eye. Send me an email to find out how to get some free gold and start getting the most out of your money. So please, go to YouTube.com and search for Penny Haven. That's P-E-N-N-Y-H-A-V-E-N on YouTube.
0: Well, guys, we got we to gotta think about wrapping it up a little bit. But let's just go around and give us a, give us a little MIB love. What did do, what do we get from all of these
1: stories combined? Lee, put it all together. So, while I'd like to imagine that the MIBs exist and there's so many stories of this happening, part of me worries that when it started to become a thing, then it started to come out more and more. If a government entity wanted to silence people, they would probably not do it so like blatantly <laughs> um, and if aliens wanted to silence people I guess it's a little bit more believable that they would have no idea how to like show up and appear as you know a normal human being um, I I just think I think there'd be a lot more Epstein to people like I really do think that there that if the men in black show up I think that that that's just time for you to be Epstein so. Right,
4: e- easier
3: to just kill you at that point. <laughs> yeah, if it's if it's that confidential, why would you keep them
1: alive? Exactly. I don't know. Exactly. Um, yeah. So and and I hate to say it like that, and I'm I'm kind of upset now that I've officially coined the term Epstein. For my um, my personal vocabulary, but it's now a thing. Hey,
3: welcome to, the, welcome to our world. Man.
1: Yeah, <laughs> we we
3: roll deep in that shit. <laughs>
1: but so there's where I have a really hard time. Like, I if they wanted to silence people, they would eliminate them. Um, I I hate to sound conspiratorial, but they've done it before. There was literally an actual like conspiracy to eliminate JFK that was semi like admitted to so why would they do something like that for a president and not just eliminate Joe Blow
4: yeah forget about the paperwork it's just like oh yeah this is just the guy we're taking him out mm-hmm. yeah.
3: Yep. yeah paul men in black you know, real or fake i'm going to i'm going to go with real i'm uh, i'm in a good <laughs> mood today and i just I'm vibing it i think that I think they're out there. I think they're silencing the people. I think you can't trust the FBI. We all know that. Um, well, we knew they can't that. Trust the CIA. They're, uh, they're covering this stuff up. And uh, I think that the Air Force knows about the Navy knows about. They're seeing this stuff everywhere. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if um, Albert Bender's story was real. I think he needed <laughs> a little bit of help at, at some points, um, either by Ed and Lorraine Warren. Uh, the famed demonologists <laughs> or a uh, psychiatrist. But, or, yeah, uh, an exorcist I, is what you need, yeah, really. Maybe an exorcist. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I, I, I think that, you know, they may not come in threes, they may not float, their eyes may not glow, but I, I think that they're out there, uh, you know, shutting the people down.
0: Sad, sad john if (laughs) if the men in black exists are they a separate government agency or do they work out of a different office how's how's this work like what if a man in black flashed flashed you a badge what letters are on it
4: right this is this is the perfect question is the direction i was gonna go uh i think I think that the men in black, the, the place that they occupy in the, the public consciousness is sort of a, a governmental agency or a, a uh, super governmental agency. Like they're, they're beyond the nation states of the world. And it's also telling that they that the kind of mythology and folklore around the men in black arise arises in the post-World War II era where you have these giant alliances and world orders, uh, where super, super governmental agencies of, of spies or whatever are operating. I'm, are y'all here? Yeah, are hearing yeah. Yeah, strange
0: dude, noise dude. here? Oh, I think that's cause Lee turned on the air conditioner. It
1: wasn't bad before. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> No, that was the first time I heard it. It was just like really loud for a second. <laughs> no, <that's 'cause, laughs> I
4: thought y'all were getting abducted right now. No, next, that's because right. we were all
0: super <laughs> deep into like super governmental agencies. I like it. Like the kind of like Kingsman where it doesn't involve the government or it's like, right, like bigger this is, than the
4: US. Right. It crosses it crosses international boundaries. This is this is something that's that's at a higher level than what is explicit to the the common uh citizenry of the world
3: it, and it was a secret order created by uh the illuminati the likes of the knights templar that just exists into perpetuity by itself i mean um, you say that you say that jokingly but I, it, it's it <laughs> occupies found. the
4: same the same place in our psyche and it's it's something above it's something uh kind of unknowable and and supernatural in a way it's it's a a power that's higher than what than what we know of, that is that we have an explicit governmental powers. But uh, going back to what kind of badge they would have, I don't know. That's that's a good question. I was I was uh, thinking about asking this question earlier. Is like if if the men in black were wearing black suits and black ties in the forties, what would they be wearing today? And I don't know. Obviously, you got to go discreet, and and you know if you're if you're trying to be effective, discretion is better. But I don't know. What do you guys think is the black suit of today?
1: Khaki shorts, Hawaiian shirt. (laughs) No, they're not Boogaloo
3: boys.
0: (laughs) They're they're Boogaloo boys.
3: If if you're liberal, it's a Boog boy. And if you're conservative, it's like an anti-fun black gear. It's just uh... the
1: black block
3: Antifa types. Yeah,
1: Yeah, I don't know. So, John, I have a question for you, actually. Um, Yeah. So are you saying that they are men in black international? (laughs)
4: <laughs> oh, God, you did it Oh, wow, wow. <laughs> You did then it, yes it <laughs> Roll credits <laughs> Yes, now, what... I'll, I'll agree to that Even though I don't want to <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, um, I, th- I think you're all wrong um, <laughs> the, the men in black represent the deepest part of the deep state That's why the office for the X-Files was in the basement um, <laughs> literally the deepest state. Right. That's as deep as it gets. Um, bottom floor. Um and yeah, they they just operate now and no one knows what they do because no one cares.
1: Dan where um, is America's basement by the way? Wow. The deepest
4: state. The deepest state has to be Mississippi. Dude, I live in Mississippi
1: and I'm telling you it's pretty
0: deep. I was going
2: to say Florida, but I
0: don't oh, know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean basement
1: of the gene pool florida
0: (laughs) (laughs) sorry florida man
1: (laughs) and we have we have insulted our state for the day yeah we like to
0: but um yeah no it's there's something going on um and i think it's one of those things that just nobody cares about anymore no one's in charge of congress has abdicated its authority um and they're like the yin to uh to the illuminati yang they're the Illuminati. Mhm. They're trying
4: to the cover it all. The Illuminati. Yes.
3: I like I buy it. it. I buy it. It's it's the same thing with the CIA sometimes. They silo information so hard because, you know, the more people know something, the more likely it is to get leaked. Um, that sometimes they no one actually knows what
1: happened. Right. Yeah.
3: The people yeah. that do left. So it's it's lost.
1: And you it, don't it, even know, like, they don't even know how in the budget, like, they still get funding. They just do. They're right. like, yeah. they're like that guy from office <laughs> space. Like, we don't know why they're still getting paid. Like- yeah. <laughs> there was like
0: a secret line in the budget that said something really innocuous that just gets voted on over and over again. The guy mm-hmm. who actually knew the secret died and now it just continues yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just continue. into perpetuity. Um, cause yeah. when it comes to government, uh, one of my uh, razors is never blame anything on malice that can be explained by incompetence. So. Mm-hmm.
3: Yes. That, that is my favorite theory. It is a, uh, it's a bureaucratic failure uh, and a lack of oversight to know what's yeah. in the budget. And, the, and that's
0: why the men in black still exist. And that's why they're <laughs> nope. hooking up with Tom DeLonge. Now they came, <laughs> they, they came from being really cool. 40s ties, glasses, whatever, driving, you know, Cadillacs, black Cadillacs or Lincoln Continentals or whatever, something cool, and now they're just like, be like, oh, hey, there's a rock star who's been emailing John Podesta. Let's
1: let's throw him a bone. Oh, my God, I know how they dress now.
3: Oh, It's like the Dharma Project in Lost where uh, they they just plug their
1: report into a suction
3: tube and then it feeds out and it dumps into, like, a, a dump like it doesn't go anywhere. There's no money
1: reporting to. It, but they don't know it. Uh, I know what the, I know how they dress now. What are they wearing? Skinny jeans, band tees, and um, sad hair. They're fanboys. They're emo <laughs> hair. That's it.
0: the emo swoop.
4: Yeah. We solved it. They're kind of they're kind of emo, like mid 2000s yeah. emo. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that's that is the modern MIB. So that's that's it. We've blown the lid off this thing, guys. mm mm-hmm. Mhm um so let's do some uh let's do some plugs um if you guys want to listen to beyond terrestrial it's available on all major podcatchers beyondterrestrial.com, fourthhand.com slash shows that's f-o-r-t-h that's where you can find us we're on twitter we're on facebook we got a fan group we've got all kinds of things realpolitik you get the last Heyo. word
3: yeah, pluggables. Um, check us out, RealPolitik, on all the major uh, the pod players as well. That's Politik with a K at the end instead of a C. Um, you can find us on uh, YouTube as well, Twitter. You can email me, uh, paul.realpolitik at gmail.com. And, uh, hey, drop us both five stars on the Apple while you're at it because uh, who doesn't love five stars? Makes you feel good, warm and fuzzy.
0: Mm-hmm. Dude, send us a screenshot. And we'll send you stickers. We got stickers. What do you guys? What, hey. You guys send any thank you notes? You guys do anything nice we, for the people?
3: Yeah, we actually have stickers as well that we'll send you. It's um, our our logo is a space monkey with a cigar, and uh, we'll send you a nice uh, decal with that that beautiful monkey.
0: Yes, very Ooh. cool. <laughs> Better than Joe Rogan's monkey.
4: Remember Joe Rogan's <laughs> Yeah. Totally different monkey, guys. Completely very different monkey. Not monkeys. a
3: ripoff. <laughs> <laughs> Asshole.
0: <laughs> Screw that
3: guy. All right. I've actually never listened to him. I might be the only person on Earth. I didn't know that there was a monkey that, that had anything to do with him. <laughs> you,
0: just tell people you have a podcast. They'll be like, do you listen to Joe Rogan? No. <laughs> I've heard that a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, guys, here we go. Um, Men in Black shitting on Joe Rogan. You've heard it all right here at the Beyond Politique roundtable on the Men in Black. Thank you.
4: Please clap.
3: Applause. Applause. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that was a great conversation with the guys from Real RealPolitik. And uh, I enjoyed every minute of that conversation. Those guys are knowledgeable. They come into things prepared. Um, much unlike myself um and uh my co-host um
0: <laughs>
1: I didn't know case where the fuck i was going case in
0: point case in point <laughs> you, you had the white claw on the brain oh it man it was just <laughs> No dude, they were awesome to work with. I loved it. Um they were very professional and I hope we can do another show. I would love to do another show with those guys. So we'll try and uh work with them again in the future. Season 4, maybe uh around the end of this season. Who knows? We'll see.
1: Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Well, Dan, so I think we've got one more um contributor to this this podcast that we haven't yet mentioned. Um and, Dan, I think you know who I'm talking about. He's one of our OGs. His name is Michael. Michael Root.
0: Yes. Special, special thanks to Mike Root for putting that roundtable together in post-production. Uh, Mike is one of the founding fathers of Beyond Terrestrial. And he hooked us up with Simple Equations Media in Las Vegas. Simple Equations Media is a full service audio and video production company based out of Las Vegas. They've got your back, everything from pre production through shooting through post. Um, They are doing work at like movie and TV quality. So for them to hook us up is a really big deal. I mean, they can make us sound good. They can make you guys sound good. Whether you're a band trying to shoot a music video, um, maybe your company needs a high quality training video done. Uh, Maybe you are trying to get into the movie biz. Um, This is your shot, guys. These guys will have your back. Very creative, very knowledgeable. Um, and they've, re- they've really helped us out a ton. Our show sounds way better. Um, music, video, they, they do it all. They're r- really great guys over there. Um, if you want to see what they do, check them out online. Google it. Um, you can find them on Facebook. You can find them on Twitter at Simple Equation underscore. Um, and, you know, if you really want to, and maybe you're in Las Vegas living it up in sin city uh drop them a line give them a call go consult with them in person um but of course give them a call a heads up first because you know the rona is still out there so yeah just let them know you're gonna drop by and go tell them
1: what your project is and uh yeah go for it it's been real it's been fun but mike Why don't you roll that funky music and give us an outro?
0: I'm going to do the men in black dance while it goes. Here we go. Funky. Boom. (laughs) Woo. Big Willie style. That's not true. My wife will tell you that.
2: (laughs) Man. Thank you for listening to Beyond Terrestrial. All three of y'all. If you're still a fan of this show, follow Beyond Terrestrial on social media and join the Beyonders Facebook group for even more strangeness. Links to everything, including previous episodes, are available at beyondterrestrial.com. That's the place to go for stickers, merch, show swag, and our Patreon. Patrons get exclusive access to ad-free shows, giveaways, and the unedited after-show show. show. Anything you give to the show goes straight to Funkmaster B's Bachelor Pad, which for now is also where these giant turkeys record this show. This show was edited by Simple Equations Media with music by Mike Rupp. Dan and Lee will be back next Tuesday with more from Beyond Terrestrial.